You know, a lot of times it's easy to forget everything we have, all of who we are, is because of God's blessing. That each breath that we take is because he allows it. You know, a lot of times we come to church and we forget who it is that we're worshiping. We forget who it is that we've come to honor and praise. You know, and sometimes that's because we come with all sorts of baggage. We come with hurts. We come with questions. We come with scars. We miss out on his blessings. Sometimes we feel like can't even take a breath because we don't understand. We forget who he is. Stuff happens in life. Discouragement takes place. But we've got to remember that God still sits on his throne. We've got to remember that he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that he's in control of everything in our life. And if we will yield to him, his blessings will come. We've all gone through difficult things in our life. As a matter of fact, how many of you have ever been robbed? Man, you must live in a place where I've never, I see one hand. I know I've been robbed a few times. Man, I just need to move to your neighborhood. I don't know if you've ever had something stolen out of your car or your house ransacked and things stolen. I actually walked into a robbery in progress, didn't realize that the guys were upstairs in the house that I was in. And, um, you know, when you walk in, and, and this house wasn't even mine, it was a neighbor's house, I was watching their dog. When you see your stuff all over the place, somebody disrespected you to break into your home and then take your stuff and strew it all over the place looking for the things they want to take, it leaves, leaves a scar on you. Matter of fact, those of you that have, even as you're thinking about what happened to you, it brings back this flood of emotions uh, that you almost can remember instantaneously what happened. You know, it may be fear that somebody got into your place. It may be anger that they took your stuff and frustration, and uh, it may even be guilt that somehow maybe you left it unlocked or you did whatever to let them in. But we all can sympathize with the way that that would feel. I want to just make it a little bit more interesting. I want you to imagine that you have this incredibly wealthy uncle who's going out of town, whether it's vacation or business, for a number of months, and he gives you this priceless family heirloom, and he says, I want you to take care of this while I'm gone. You look at the thing, and, and you're not even sure what it is, and uh, it doesn't seem very valuable to you, and uh, so you just kind of put it in a corner. You never did any research. You didn't even ask him what it was or what value. You just kind of threw it in the corner because you didn't know, but that turns out to be one of the things that got stolen. And when he comes home and he finds out, he's greatly disappointed. He lets you know the value of it, and it indeed was priceless. But here's the other thing he said. He said, you know, there was... Lots of other family heirlooms that I had hoped to be able to pass on to you, but because you weren't a good steward of this, I won't be able to give you any of that. Here's the reality. God is in the rich uncle who's entrusted us as his church with his most valuable asset, the church. He's given it to us as stewards to store it over, to protect, not to put in the corner, but to to. Invest in it to multiply it so that his kingdom grows and his glory is multiplied. And we need to ask ourselves as a local body of believers, where is our treasure? What are we doing with the family treasure that God has entrusted with us? You know, 
the last two weeks you've gotten to hear Sean, you know, talk about grace and salvation. And, and man, that's, that is the treasure that we who are once condemned to hell because of God's grace and mercy, he through his word and through the, the work and the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ made a way that we can be reconciled. That's the good news. You know, then last week, Norman talked about the church and the responsibility of the church to continue to make God's glory known. This week, I want to piggyback off of those things and really talk about stewardship. And yes, in stewardship, you know the three, the three points. What are they in stewardship? Time, talent, treasure, right? We get that. But I want to take a little different look at stewardship. Stewardship in the gospel of God's kingdom, in the context of God's kingdom and making God's glory known in the gospel. Yes, we need to give our time. Yes, we need to give our finances. Yes, we need to you know, give our, our talents for God's kingdom to be multiplied. You know, but... We need to examine ourselves, each of us individually and us corporately as a church. How are we doing? How have I handled the family treasure? I think the reality is all of us can do a much better job than we're doing. Maybe we don't understand how valuable it is to God, how important it is to God. Maybe we you know, have kind of fallen into the Americanized model of church, that church is about me rather than him, or it's my church rather than his church. But I want to give us a number of principles that come right out of God's word for us to consider, especially as where we are as a local body of believers. And the first is this, that God expects us to be faithful. If you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, you know, in chapter 4, you know, in 1 and 2, these are verses that we, we know well, but oftentimes we forget when it comes to being stewards of God's church. It says this, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. That, this is Paul talking that he is a steward of the mysteries of God. That I think the NIV used the word secrets of God. You know, we we understand what those are if we have a relationship with Christ because the Holy Spirit has made those known to us. But those who don't know Christ have no clue. It's a mystery to them. It's a secret. God has entrusted you. He's entrusted me. He's trusted us as a local body believer with this mystery, with this secret that he wants us to tell others. How are we doing? How are we doing at proclaiming that secret? How are we doing at protecting his church? How are we doing about making his glory known? God has blessed us as stewards of his church. And every church is the same as stewards of his church. It's his treasure. You know, and if you look at what's been going on around here in the last few months and what we just got to do, it's clear that we're not putting that secret, that treasure in the corner, that God is doing amazing things. You know, people are coming to faith in Christ. We've done more baptisms already this year than in the history of any year in the history of this church. Praise God. It's a God thing because when we do it his will, his way, he blesses every single time. But if we do it our way, because of our will, he removes his blessing. And I hope that we'll see that as we go throughout our time today, that God gives us this mystery. But So he expects us to be faithful. It's an expectation that God has put on each of us to be faithful with that which he's given. An expectation to, to use the gifts and the talents, the spiritual gifts, the finances, your time, your treasures for his kingdom, for his glory. And as we do that, his will, his way, it comes with blessings, and it's even more exciting to give to that. When some of you had an impact on these people that got baptized, you're the reason they were here. Yesterday, the clothing drive. 
It is a perfect example of taking something and, and having a kingdom mindset. I, I heard this yesterday for the first time about how that got started, that the clothing drive originally got started with a group of parents whose kids were going to private schools around here. You know the private school dress code, khakis, certain collared shirts, et cetera, et cetera. And so you use them, they're not really that used up. And, and so they got together, and that's how it got started. They were basically swapping clothes. Well, the moms decided that they were missing out, and so they had some clothes. They would, so the moms started swapping clothes. The church found out about it, so they did a church-wide thing. And then they decided, well, let's, let's bless the community. And so what we have today is, is this modification of what started out just caring for ourselves with a kingdom mindset. Yesterday we had 347 people come through our doors. In addition to that, you know, I told part of the story when I was baptizing that some of our people were engaging. In fact, all week long, as, as I would sneak over there and I'd listen, pretty much every time somebody dropped a bag of clothes off, they were being asked, hey, do you have a church that you attend? It was, it was intentional the whole time of building relationships with a kingdom mindset where one guy, as he went out to the parking lot, two of our newest members went up, they shared the gospel, he comes to Christ. Then I get to come in part of that. It's, it's, it's a joy for me to jump in on those conversations with these folks that are brand new believers and they're just wanting it. While I'm standing there, there's a girl at one of the desks where we're giving out Bibles, she's Jehovah's Witness. So I got to engage in conversation with her. I'm not halfway through that conversation. John again brings another guy over that he just bumped into who is a Muslim. And we get to have another conversation where we're just going through the word of God. You see, we've, we've talked about this in weeks past that what we have here is the same as what it was when it was originally written. God has protected his word. He's given us convincing proofs and archaeological finds and other things that this is true, 100% accurate. It is living. It is breathing. It can speak for itself. And so what we did yesterday, I just went through. We were taking the verses in the New Testament. We took them the verses in the Old Testament, and I just had them read it. You should have seen what happened as we were talking about Isaac being Abraham's only son. Well, we know it's not Abraham's only son because he had Ishmael. So why does the Bible say his only son? Because that's the son where God's blessings were going to come through. You know, and, and so God's word, you could see in his mind, he didn't know what to do. And then he got called away. But you see, that's the kingdom mindset that we take things that we're doing in the church, we tweak them to have this eternal impact. But here's the second principle I want you to understand is that faithfulness always leads to blessings. When we are faithful to doing it God's will, God's way, it always leads to blessings. So no matter what the circumstance that you're in, if you'll be faithful to God and you'll listen for his will in the midst of your circumstance and you'll look at the word and you'll do it his way, he will bless that may not be immediate, a lot of times it is, but he will bless every time. You know, we know this verse in, in Luke chapter 16, you know, verses 10 through 13. One who is faithful in a very little will also be faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in the very little will also be dishonest with much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, God's, who will give you that which is your own? See, God has called us to be faithful to doing it his will, his way. He's entrusted us with his most valuable asset, his church, so that we can multiply it, so that we can make his glory known. Church is not for us. Let that sink in for a second. You're probably going, huh? Church is not for us. 
Church is for God's glory to be made known. We come to church to be equipped to go out and make his glory known so that everybody else can hear the mysteries and the secrets of, of God and come to faith in him to be part of the church to do the same thing. Get more training so that we can continue to going out, making his glories known. And so we have to constantly ask ourselves, how are we doing in making his glories known? Later on in, in, in these verses says this, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You, and here's the context that you can't serve both God and money. And in, in money, you can insert anything. You can't serve God and something else. For me, it was sports. You can't serve God and worship sports. You can't, but when you combine those things, that God gives you the abilities to participate in those things, and you glorify him, God's blessings always come. You know, as you look at churches that are thriving, and let me define what I mean by thriving. There's many churches that are growing in numbers, and they're growing in numbers because they're, they're tickling people's ears or telling them what they want to say. I'm not talking about those churches. I'm talking about churches that preach all of this. They preach God's grace, but they preach God's wrath. They preach God's will. They, pre you know, they, they preach all of this, and yet the churches are thriving, while at the same time, churches that would believe in this seem to be dying. You know, I think there's a common thread between there. The churches that are doing it God's way, doing it for his will, for his glory, God blesses. Churches that are in it for themselves, God removes his blessings. And what you hear them talking about are days gone by when they did this and this. They're not talking about God doing anything right now because there's nothing going on right now. Because God has removed his blessings from them because they've ceased to do it his way. I mean, I hear all sorts of things, and, you know, one church that we served in, I mean, it's so ridiculous that people wanted their way. They weren't thinking kingdom-minded that when it came to building their new sanctuary, they were having this great big church-wide argument on how to heat the building. You know what they decided? They're going to heat one half of the building with coal and one half of the building with wood. Now, how stupid is that? Now, we laugh at that. Hold on now, because we laugh at that because it's somebody else, but yet we do the same things. When we project our will on the church, we've just done the same thing. We've got to keep thinking kingdom-minded. How can we proclaim God's glory and his kingdom through what we're doing? Every ministry of this church has to be able to answer that question in everything that we're doing like the clothing drive yesterday. We're not just giving clothes away so that we can get junk out of our closets. We're not just giving clothes away so we can meet needs in the community and perhaps send all the stuff that's left, maybe even to Louisiana. Where We're not doing it just to meet needs. We're doing it to gain an opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God blessed yesterday because of that attitude. He, when we do that, he does there. And so no matter what ministry it is, no matter if it's the, the seniors doing something, the youth do something, or kids doing something, we've got to ask, how is this proclaiming God's glory and expanding God's kingdom? If we can't answer that, we need to pause and figure out how to tweak it, or maybe we just don't do it at all. But we've got to be able to answer those questions, you know, to make sure that we are staying on track. You know, here's another principle that you've heard before, but maybe not in the context of stewardship. Here it is. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. When it comes to God's church, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Paul says in Romans 12, For by the grace given to me, in verse 3, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. 
when it comes to God's church, we need to think of ourselves with sober judgment. Don't think of yourself more highly than anybody else. And certainly don't think of yourself more highly than God. It's all about his will. It's all about his kingdom and doing it his way. And when we interject what we want, we're on shaky ground. Because as soon as we get away from his will, he removes his blessing, and we talk about years gone by about what happened rather than praising God for what he's doing right now. You know, I think as we look at our own church, we can see in the history of our church the same thing. We can see when we have done it his will, his way, he's blessed. But before we go there, I want to go to these next verses in Romans. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Here's what Paul says immediately following that. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And he goes on to list them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but... Make sure that you're using the gift that God has given you in the body to unify the body, to help the body fulfill God's mission, not our mission. You know, so when it comes to being a steward of God's church, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. When it comes to tithing, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Who is it that blessed you with that anyway? When it comes to your time, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Because when we come together as one body, and here's one of my prayers that's very consistent. Because you look at the last six months, and almost every Sunday we have somebody coming forward to join this church. God is doing something special. It amazes me. It humbles me. And here's my prayer. God, you're bringing all these people to us. Tell me what you're doing. They all come with skills and gifts and spiritual gifts. Tell me what you're doing. I don't know what he's doing. But I know this, he's glorifying himself. And he's going to continue to lead us as we get on our knees as leaders and pray, as you pray with us, that God lead us into all truth. Show us what you're doing. Help us unify this body with everybody serving in their gift mix so that we can see your glory being made known, that we can see people coming to Christ. When we keep this kingdom mindset, then God blesses. You know, God, there's no question. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this at the end of the service, but God is doing something incredible. He's been doing it for a while, but he's accelerated it. You know, right before I came home from Israel, something happened that we're hoping to talk about on Wednesday. That's why this business meeting is a big deal, and he's been doing it ever since. It just blows my mind. It is a God-sized thing that nobody can take credit for. And so I look at all these things, and I'm going, God, just continue to glorify yourself. Let me stay out of the way. I meet every Wednesday. I know I keep talking about this with the gentleman who is my youth pastor. Uh, he, he's a missionary in Mexico. And one, we talk about one thing more than anything else. And if anybody's an artist and you could paint this for me or draw or sculpt this, I, w- I would love for you to do this. We talk about Balaam's donkey. By the way, we like to use, or I like to use the King James Version of that. You can look that up later and just let that to sink in. If God can use a donkey, doesn't need me. When we do it our way, according to our will, God removes his blessing from us and he'll do it his, his way anyway. 
But when we participate with him, when we use the gifts that he's given us, when we all come together, and I'm telling you, more than ever before in the history of this church, we need all hands on deck. We need everybody using the skills and gifts that God has given you, the experiences. that We need everybody on deck using everything that God has given you so that he can accomplish what he appears to be doing here in this church. 1 Peter 4, 10 says this, Each one has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. Whoever speaks, listen to this, whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves, then serve by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, here's the key, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. If anybody gets glory for doing anything around here, the focus is inward and not on God. We need to continue to make our focus on God and God alone. You know, again, you look at churches. When they, when they start having this inward focus, it's, it's interesting. You can look at almost any church, including our church. And I'm going to do this in a moment. But look at any church. You know, as soon as they start going inward, God removes his blessings. Now, there's a, there is an inward focus of discipleship that is outward-minded, that we come together, we train and equip, we raise up so that we're going out. But when we come together and we train and we equip and we do nothing, God takes his hands off. It's been amazing to me that, you know, even as I was praying about coming to this church a number of years ago and say, God, what's your vision? Well, to me, the vision is in God's word. But what's the specific vision for this church? What I've discovered since being home from Israel is the division that the vision that God gave me is nothing new. In fact, the church that planted this church, James River Baptist Church, planted our church, and they planted two other churches that are still in existence. They planted this church with the idea of the exact same vision that we have, making God's glory known, expanding his kingdom, planting churches, sending our leaders out to do ministry. This is how this church got planted. The, the, the vision that God you know, put on my mind is nothing new. It's the same vision that this church was founded on that was given to us by James River Baptist Church. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you look at the history of our church, I'm just going to hit a couple highlights, but you can go back and look. that When the, the first sanctuary was built, which is now the office wing, when that was built, this church thrived. There's stories of, of uh, revivals taking place where it was standing room only in. The overflow was outside. People, they're opening up the windows so the people outside could hear what's going on. That's God glorifying himself. But then there was a shift. There's a shift that went inward. We built all these buildings for Sunday school, and the shift went inward. God removed his blessing. We used to own all this property from over there all the way down to the hotel. God removed his blessing, and we had to sell it to stay afloat. Praise God, we sold it, and we're still afloat, but could we use that now? Then the vision was brought back. God's will, God's way. Church flourished. We built this building, built the FLC. When we built the FLC, boom, this incredible growth because that building was not built for us to be inclusive. It was built to reach out. Upward basketball got started. All these other things got started. We, even tonight, there's all these guys that don't know Jesus that come here to play basketball. Some of you just need to come and build relationships with them so you can share the gospel. I wish I could play, but every time I play, I get hurt. So I've kind of, <laughs> hey, that might be some wisdom there, huh? Might not. But then there was a decision that was made not too long ago. When we were following that vision, 
And the vision was to go purchase some land. We decided not to do it. It's clear to me, as an outsider looking in, God removed his blessing. That was an inwardly focused decision because people were attached to the building. God removed his blessing. As we've gotten back to this same vision, making God's glory known, expanding his kingdom, God's blessing has come back and praise his holy name for that. And there's been tremendous growth. I'm not saying build a building and they will come. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying do it God's will, God's way, and he'll bless every time. And you can just look at the history of our church when we were discipling to go out and when we were continuing to have a focus to reach out and do evangelism and disciple people so that we could equip them to go out. God is blessed every single time. And we are at another crossroad in the history of this church where what are we going to do? If we'll do it God's way, according to his will, He's going to bless. I haven't really shared much of the vision I've had for this church because y'all probably couldn't handle it. And I'm hoping that in the weeks to come that I'll have more opportunities to share that. But the interesting thing is it's a bigger vision of what was originally started for this church. The original vision when this church was planted that as soon as they got to about 150, they're going to plant another church. Then that vision changed to once we got about 300, we're going to plant another church. My, there's no question in my mind if we do what God wants us to do that this church could be triple the size in two years. There's no question in my mind about that. I don't want to be a big church because the bigger the church, the bigger the problems. But I want God's kingdom to grow. But here's the vision. It's the same vision that we raise up with inside because we are discipling as people are going out, that we raise up leaders, their spiritual gifts come out. People are using their gifts left and right, and they're realizing that God's put a call in their life. And we raise up 150 of our own people, the pastor, the worship pastor, the discipleship pastor, you know, and we go plant a church with 150, 200 of our own. Instant church. And they do the same things, and they grow, and they multiply. We continue growing, and we do the same thing over and over and over, both in this community, out in other parts of the state, maybe different states, maybe different parts of the world. But when we do it God's will, God's way, he blesses every time. But the very moment we become inwardly focused, he removes his blessing. And I'm out of time already. As I said earlier, got an email while I was in Israel, an email that we are really hoping that we can share with you on Wednesday in the business meeting that blew my mind. We as elders are convinced God is doing something supernatural. We believe it's God's blessing because we've gotten back to doing it His will, His way, and we've been faithful with the little things. And now it appears that God is blessing in a way that, Lord willing, we'll be able to share with you Wednesday night that will blow your mind. My prayer has always been that God would do something in such a way that none of us can take credit for. And I'm telling you what, none of us can take credit for this one. But if we're going to be the church that I believe he's called us to be, both according to his word and what he's doing in people's lives and what he's doing around here, going to take all hands on deck. It's going to take everybody using your time, your talents, and your treasures 
for his kingdom's sake, for his glory, making his kingdom know that as we come together, we come together to praise him and fellowship on what he's doing all week long to get equipped so that as we go out, we're making God's glory known everywhere we go and people will come into faith in Christ left and right and we're having to do baptism services regularly. That's some awesome stuff. As we come to our time of commitment, Perhaps there's some of you here that God has been nudging for a while to become a part of this church. Or maybe you're here visiting and, and God has spoken to you in such a way that you need to go back to your church and you need to get involved a little bit more at your church so that, that your local body of believers can become all that they need to be. But the reality is that all of us that are members of this local body of believers, we need to serve in every capacity that we possibly can. We have needs all around this church, in the children's department, the youth department. You know, but here's the deal. We just need to use our gifts and make God's glory known wherever we go. we got friend day coming up. There's no reason that every one of us can't bring three families with us. 60th anniversary of this church. How awesome would it be to have six, seven, eight hundred people here on September 11th. It's not unrealistic. If you make a commitment, take that form, fill it out, and say, you know what, I'm bringing three families. You might not know who they are yet, but you put on there, and by faith, you're going you're gonna to see that God raises three families to come with you to friend day. God does crazy things when we just step out in faith. But as we come to this type of invitation, maybe God's calling you to be a part of this church, and you just need to be obedient, and and Come and share your testimony with our, with our counselors, and we want to hear your testimony that what God has done in your life, how you come to faith in him, and, and then you know, come forward to be a member of this church. Maybe you are a member of the church, but you're not really doing anything. Maybe you don't even know what that is, but you're saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes for this body of believers to become who God wants it to be. You make whatever commitment the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart, but here's the reality. We all have got to ask, how am I handling the family treasure? What can I do to expand God's kingdom and make his glory known using the talents and gifts and treasures that he's given me? If he's put something on your heart, you can make a commitment right there in your seat. For me, there's something about the, the physical manifestation of walking forward in front of an entire church that you don't have to tell everybody what's going on, but there's something about that that is a different level of commitment for me. There's nothing special about this platform. But if it describes that to your heart, then make that commitment to him saying, I'm willing to be a part of wherever God's taken this church. If you ever done experiencing God, the Blackaby brothers say this, find out where God's working and join him. Well, God is certainly working here, and he's doing some amazing things. Let's pray. Father, I am so grateful for what you're doing. I'm so grateful for the journey that we've been on and for how things appear to be accelerating rapidly. And so, God, I pray that you would continue to glorify yourself in this body of believers. God, that you would make it clear what your will is, what your way is for us as a church. And, Lord, that it would be obvious to every single person what you are doing. God, I pray that you help us all to realize that we need to be a part of what you're doing. We need to all hands on deck using the talents that you've given each of us so that we can help this church become who it is. God, I pray that your spirit would move in all of our hearts right now to help us understand what it is that you are asking us to do to help promote your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.